everyone. Welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast, a health and wellness podcast where we destigmatize what it means to be well in your life. I'm Natalie Dellinger, your host and also the voice behind the Naturally Nomadic Instagram page. Thank you for being here today. I so appreciate all of you. And I wanted to start this episode just kind of on a little wellness tidbit. So I used to do a lot of wellness tidbit episodes in themselves where I sort of went on these tangents about my health and wellness journey, what I was doing at the time, things that were working for me as a way to kind of share them with you guys and encourage you to maybe find something similar in your life that might help you. So I'm eating this trail mix. I just got back from a hike with a bunch of my girlfriends and just feeling so full of love and friendship and I got this particular trail mix at Whole Foods and they had miniature Reese's peanut butter cups in the trail mix. And it made me think about something. I was like, okay, this trail mix sort of represents life, right? Like there's so many choices here and there's so many different flavors and we have, you know, cashews and almonds and there's some dark cherries and craisins and raisins and peanuts. And then we have chocolate. And then sometimes there's also some other little goodies like goji berries or or walnuts, for example. And you have all these choices available to you all the time. And it's pretty overwhelming. And a lot of times you see your friends eating the walnuts and you're thinking, oh, I should eat walnuts. And then you see your friends snacking on almonds and you think, oh, I should eat almonds. But then really what you actually want are the chocolate Reese's cups. So you end up picking out the chocolate Reese's cups because as much as you want to eat the almonds and the walnuts, what you really want is what you want, which is the chocolate. And I think it's sort of this metaphor for life, right? Like there are so many things in life. There are so many people and places and hobbies, and it's difficult to kind of pick out what works for you sometimes. I feel like it's easier to go along with the flow than stand out. But you have to pick your chocolate. You have to pick the the thing from life that brings you joy, that leaves you feeling fulfilled, that lights you up in this world as I like to ask my guests. So listener, what lights you up in this world? What is the chocolate to your life? What are you going to prioritize? Just some food for thought. Today's episode is really special because it hits close to home for me. We're covering women's health, bodies, hormones, birth control, and periods. And lately I've been obsessed with my period. And anyone who's been on the hike with me recently who's a girl will know that I am like obsessed with talking about symptoms and comparing periods, talking about what works with people, what birth control they're on, what period collecting device they're using, like a tampon or a menstrual cup, for example. I think it's funny how little we talk about this with each other. I really didn't start talking about my period until like this year. And I was was always was kind of ashamed by my period. I remember getting it at 11, um, which was younger than most of my friends. So I hadn't had a lot of conversations about what to expect. And I was at church and I was kind of mortified. It was, it was like a very overwhelming experience. And I actually thought I was dying because I didn't expect my period to be what it was at all. And I felt like I couldn't really talk about it with anybody. It just felt like a lonely thing that women were silently struggling with. And flash forward to present day. I felt like I couldn't really talk about my hormonal symptoms with a lot of people. Like it was sort of not really something you shared. But then I started feeling so alone and would reach out to friends and be like, hey, I have these crazy mood swings before my period. Do you? 
And they'd be like, um, no, not really. Like I have cravings or yeah, I get cramps, but, and then some people would be like, oh my God, same. I have the worst mood swings. And it's sad because I've had these mood swings my entire life. In fact, I've been called moody a lot, probably by every friend and every ex-boyfriend I've ever had because that time of the month comes around and I sort of lose my mind and I go from being a pretty logical person to a very illogical, emotional, sad, down person who views the world so differently for a couple of days and then comes back right to life once the period starts. And honestly, it's been hard. I sort of approach my period with a little bit of fear. I'm sort of afraid of what I might say or do or how sad I'm going to feel and how alone it feels. So I've done a lot of research. I've dug into this really deep and I found Amanda Montalvo, who is a women's health expert and integrative dietitian who helps women heal from hormonal birth control and balance their hormones, detox their liver and boost their energy naturally. And I saw her, some of her posts and I was like, whoa, this girl gets me. Like she understands. She's here to help. That's her purpose in this world. I have to reach out to her and have her on the podcast. And I did. In this episode, we're going to talk about all of this. And if you're a woman, I really think you need to hear this. And if you're a man, I really think you need to hear this. Just basically anyone on this planet needs to hear this because periods affect all of us. They affect the woman. They affect the woman's friends, family, partner. And not that they have to, but I think they can be so serious and, and life-altering sometimes, the symptoms I'm referring to, that if you've ever dated a woman, you've probably heard her like panic frantically when she gets her period unexpectedly and doesn't have a tampon or complain that she has these crazy cramps that she feels like she wants to lie down all day or she wants chocolate. And it's probably hard to relate to as a man, I would think, in sort of like this unknown territory. But we're here to just like talk about it. We're here to explain the woman's body why it does this, what happens hormonally, what symptoms are normal, and then what symptoms are manageable. Because this is such a big part of being a woman. In the show notes, I've included two links to Amanda's YouTube and blog. One of them is how to transition off of hormonal birth control. And this is relevant to you if you have been on hormonal birth control and you're looking to start a family or you've been on hormonal birth control, but realize there's a lot of symptoms and are interested in trying a more natural method or just balancing your hormones. The other link is the side effects of hormonal birth control. And this one is her blog post. And we're going to talk about a lot in this episode. And sorry for the lengthy intro, but I really wanted to say that this topic lights me up because of my personal struggles with my period. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw recently I posted that I had the most painless PMS experience of my life this past month and what I did to balance my hormones and the things I tried to detoxify my liver. And a lot of those ideas came from this conversation with Amanda and I truly give her credit for allowing me the space to vent and share and have her be there to listen. She helps clients do this 
for a living. So if this resonates with you, Amanda has so many resources for you, be it her blog, her YouTube. She also does courses in hormonal healing and detox for the liver. So I just can't wait. And you can hear the enthusiasm throughout this entire episode in my voice and how I tend to go on these tangents because I'm so passionate about this topic and I'm so passionate about helping women figure out the way that they can balance their hormones naturally and not feel like they're taking over their lives because that is something I've experienced and struggled with. And I really don't think it has to be that way. I think there's ways we can work on this naturally. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because we're going to dive all into women's health and hormones. And on this interview is Amanda Montalvo. She's an integrative dietitian and women's health expert. So Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk with you. We've already had some good conversation. Totally. I wish, oh man, I just feel like I could talk to you all day. What lights you up in this world? So I think like what lights me up the most and what kind of gets me going every single day working like a maniac is that moment like when a woman starts realizing that like working with her body rather than against it and just feeling like a weight and like a veil have been lifted. That's probably like what I, what, what first got me into women's health and like what keeps me going every single day, just like seeing that change. Um, similar to like if they get off like something like hormonal birth control, it's like a fog has been lifted. Most people describe it as so like that moment. That's like really what lights me up. Oh, yes, I love that. And how did you first get interested in women's health? I think just like most people, like my own struggles. Um, when I I don't I always like I got my period really young and then like I always kind of struggled with taking hormonal birth control when I started to become sexually active. I just, I didn't feel good on it, but it was like the norm. So I was just like, whatever, this is what it's like to be a woman, right? That was kind of like what I expected. And then as I got older and started learning more, like there's other options. Like I was in school to become a dietitian and you know, you're, you're taught that food is medicine. And then you start looking to all these other areas of your life and you're like, well, then this doesn't make sense. And this doesn't make sense. And you start questioning everything. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like there's this whole other world out there where you can use food to like nourish your body, but also as a more natural approach for like feeling better. And even when it comes to like your period, and I just didn't know because I hadn't had a period in so long because I was on the pills. So that whole kind of shift while well, probably like in college was when I really like got super interested in women's health. There's so many things that align with that. Like I totally can relate to I just remember everyone in high school was like, oh, now we're all in birth control. Like, which one are you on? And um, just getting used to that. Everyone had like their alarms going off on their phone at the same time. And like, this is what we do as women. Like we better protect ourselves. This is basically the only option at the time. I felt like, I don't think IEDs were as big then. I just never remember even hearing about it until later. But yeah, I got to that same point where I was like, is this like really working for me? And I don't know, because it just doesn't feel like, right. I never had a period either. So I can, I can totally sympathize. I think that's a really common story or like, am I being healthy by putting these hormones in my body? And what do you know about birth control in general? Like, can you explain like how it works in the body? Yeah. So 
there's with like the pills specifically, sometimes the IUDs work a little bit differently, but like the pill is definitely the most popular. And so that what it's doing is it's shutting down your hormone production. So basically it disconnects communication from your brain to your ovaries. So you don't ovulate. That's how it's preventing pregnancy. But like when you, when the doctor offers you the pill, they don't tell you that. Like they don't say, Hey, you're not going to be producing any hormones. You're not actually really getting a period. It's just a pill bleed every month. And, but you know, when you come off, you'll be fine basically. I remember going into the doctor after years of not having a period. And my mom was like, I'm worried because like you should be getting a period. And we went in and sat down and I remember her being like, no, yep, it's totally fine. You shouldn't be getting one. And that was it. And I was like, but I'm supposed to get one. Like, it was just like, wait, huh? Because so you're getting these like kind of like slow drip of hormones throughout the month when you're taking the pill. And then that week of like the sugar pill week, you, you're bleeding because it's like a withdrawal bleed. So it's not a true period because in order to get your period, you have to ovulate. And ovulation, just for anyone that like doesn't know, because I didn't know any of this stuff before, it's when you actually, your ovary releases the egg and then that's how you can get pregnant. Outside of that, you you can't get pregnant just like any time of the month. And like when I learned that, I was like, are you kidding me? Why am I on birth control? For every single day of my life when it's only this ovulation. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you explained that. Yeah. And so, right. So every month, naturally, we would release an egg during ovulation. Mm -hmm. And then it's that window of time where you can get pregnant while that egg is like there, kind of like waiting. Yeah. Or leading up to it. Because like, so you have, you in 24 hours, you release the egg. Very, very rarely you can release two eggs. It's super rare. But um, so that's why like when you're, if you're using like, fertility awareness, you're tracking your ovulation, you like give yourself a day after ovulation window just to be careful if you don't want to get pregnant. But it's the five days leading up to ovulation that you have to be super careful. And that's, or you want to go for it if you want to get pregnant. Um, That's when you like really want to go for it because your cervical mucus, which I know sounds gross, um, it thickens and it makes it so they can trap the sperm and that's how you can get pregnant. So that's kind of like the window. So that's how, that's how the pill works. It prevents ovulation. Um, it can, it does change your cervical mucus, but that's not like the number one way that it's keeping you from getting pregnant. And then the IUD is like a hormonal IUD is different. So they actually change your cervical mucus so that it like thins out. And then you, you can still ovulate on the, when you have the IUD, but it's basically changing other parts of your female health in order to prevent like actual pregnancy. Okay. Did you ever have an IUD? Do you, did you personally try one? I had a copper IUD for seven years, which I'm like going to go ahead and not recommend. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did have one. Wow. Seven years. Um, How did your body react to that compared to the pill, the years that you were on the pill? So it was like my, it was like, I felt better in so many ways because I wasn't putting hormones in my body and I actually got a period, you know, like, so there was like a relief because it's almost like when you're on the pill for so long, I feel like when towards the end, when women get crazy, like I started to feel crazy. I was like, what is going on? And that's what really prompted me to want to get off. But for a long time, I was like pretty decently okay on it. So 
like I got to this point where I was finally like, I just like feel like I need to get a period. So when I was on the copper IUD, I felt like that need was being met, but I was like having really, it's really, really heavy periods and it's really bad cramping because you have the IUD and not all, like a lot of hormonal IUDs do not cause this reaction, but it's because you don't always get a period. Most people don't get their period on a hormonal IUD. So they, cause the, it's really just, you're still, you can still ovulate, but you're just, your cervical mucus has changed. Your uterine lining is thin. So you can't get pregnant that way. So okay. it's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so interesting that they have hormonal IUDs and then like this just copper device that somehow does the same. Okay. So I'm glad you broke down the difference. So we have hormonal birth control is like that pill. You're giving your body a hormone that stops ovulation. That's how mm-hmm. it's effective. And we talked about copper IUDs and then um, the hormonal ones. I had a Skyla, which is one of the hormonal like plastic IUDs for three months, which caused three months of bleeding, um, swollen, like my, my boobs were killing me. They were so sore. I had crazy mood swings. And the craziest part about it for me, and that was the final straw in my birth control journey, um, tried the IUD. I just felt like I, my hormones are crazy. Like you, like I hadn't had a period for so many years. And then I was like, I kind of just like want to feel like a woman, yeah. want to have that normal, like ebb and flow that, that are my own hormones. And then got the Skyla had three month period. I was just like, I don't, this is not working for me. And I went back into the doctor and they're like, well, you really should stick it out. It's only been three months. And I was like, look, I've been bleeding for three months. I feel like I'm dying. Can you get this thing out of my body? Like I'm not doing this for another month just so I can hope it gets better. And it was just crazy. The resistance that I was met with. I don't know if you had any experience with that. Like my gynecologist was like, well, you, you have to do something. It's either the pill or the IUD. So like pick one. And I was like, no, there's gotta be another option. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this to myself. And they were very like, that's not a good idea you don't understand you're going to like get pregnant and we're very harsh about it. And had I not been like so strong willed and so sure that it wasn't working for me, I probably would have just stuck it out and dealt with whatever like side effect, just thinking I had no choice. And I think that's like where this conversation (laughs) comes in is like, there are options, number one. And if it's not working for you, like you just listen to your body. Like, what do you need? That kind of segues into my question. So like, how could somebody who's experiencing a lot of side effects from hormonal birth control start to wean themselves off? Like, what do you recommend for people that come to you and are like, I just can't do this anymore. What are my options? Yeah. And as far as like, I have had that same experience also. Like I I had my, my doctor almost wouldn't take my copper IUD out. So that was, that was an event. Um, You know, I was married and everything. It was like the most outrageous, terrifying thing. So if you're a woman and you feel like this is not right for you and you're talking to your doctor and they're like, no, like, remember that you can fire your doctor because you're paying them and you need to find a new one. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, As far as like transitioning off, uh, I have a whole blog post on this because it's, there's a lot of things to consider. Like it's, and I even did like a post on Instagram about this, like it is hard to transition off for some people. Some people do it and they honestly have no problems. And I'm like, why, how could I, why was that not me? You know, but I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if that were me. So I guess I'm grateful, but like some people transition off and it's like, it's a nightmare and they want to go back on. So the main areas that you want to consider 
when you're transitioning off hormonal birth control are basically you want to think of how it impacts your body. So like number one is nutrient repletion because when you're on the pill or a hormonal IUD, it depletes nutrients in the body. So certain things you're like, oh my what? God. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh my God. So like, yeah. So that's why we get a lot of bad side effects and like we feel crazy and like things are off and our skin freaks out because it depletes B vitamins magnesium, which, you know, everyone depletes anyway, because we deplete it when we're stressed, selenium, which is a really important mineral, zinc, which is really important for your skin. So if you struggle with acne, I'm like, and you're on the pill, I'm like, consider taking zinc, um, vitamin C and vitamin E. So like, those are really important. They're nutrients, they're antioxidants, and these get depleted the whole time you're on the pill. So if, even if someone wants to stay on, which I totally respect, and I have clients that stay on and we just support their bodies, um, yeah. you just want to consider those nutrients. And like you can get those through like, I love like an organ complex can be really helpful for a lot of them. A good uh, like vitamin C supplement. I like whole food based supplements, like Paleo Valley is a great company. Everything is whole food based, organic, well-sourced. Um, and then like the foods that you're eating, right? Like eating real whole foods, that all that stuff's going to help. So that's like one area you want to do before you get off. You want to start doing that. So some stuff you like wait till after, but that's like, you want to start before. Um, and then you also want to think about your gut, right? I know everyone talks about gut health. It's like super trendy, but for your transition off hormonal birth control, you want to think about replenishing and like rebalancing your gut back bacteria because not a lot of people know this, but any prescription medication, it's going to, it's like a little stressor on the body and hormonal birth control is like a, it's like a chronic slow drip of inflammation basically the whole time you're on it, which sounds a lot scarier. Like any prescription medication does that. Like I have asthma and I used to take stuff for my whole life basically until I got older. So that's why you want to think about, okay, can I take a really good probiotic? Like Just Thrive is a great brand that I linked to in the blog post. Um, I love like Megaspore probiotic and then like probiotic rich foods, things like sauerkraut, kimchi, a lot of the basic stuff, apple cider vinegar, like all those things, like working those in routinely before you come off can be really helpful. Um, and then thinking about like the stress, right? Because that's like really kind of like the other big piece of the puzzle is that you are having this low grade inflammation while you're on birth control. Your body is less like resilient to stress basically. And you know, there are certain times in a woman's cycle where you're less resilient to stress. It's natural, but to be doing that all the time, it's a lot. So when you're coming off, like you're going to feel tired, you know, you're going to feel like you probably wake up and you still feel like you want to go back to sleep. You might not recover from the gym as well. Like things are going to feel off, but it's your body, basically your adrenal glands and your hormones like need to reset and they need lots of support. So like you know, being careful with your workouts, like not overdoing it in the gym right when you come off is really important, getting enough sleep. Um, and like the last thing is supporting your liver, which I think is pretty obvious because it is, you know, it's a hormonal birth control is a xenoestrogen, which is a toxin. And it's so funny because like I'm really big in like this non-toxic space of like, you know, swapping over your products, being mindful of what you're putting in your body. I'm obsessed with liver detox. Like it's, I do it with all my clients. It's so important but it's crazy because people, I'll have people do my like 10 day program and they're still taking birth control and they are like, Oh my God, that's a toxin. And I'm like, yes, like it's literally a synthetic form of estrogen in your body. So supporting that with like foods, you know, milk, thistle, broccoli sprouts, or like my favorite thing, you can grow them at home. 
um, dandelion root tea, like so many things, but like those four areas, like supporting that, that will really help your transition coming off. Wow. My mind right now is like (laughs) so blown because I never considered it to be such a big deal, like to come off. And in a way I almost looked at birth control as like causing all these, you know, like you're saying, like it's synthetic hormones that aren't your own. So get your, having your body kind of like come back up into like balance. I, I like thought about it that way, but I never kind of realized all like the side effects for your actual body, like internally, like just beyond the emotional side. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Okay. So it is a big thing to one, be on birth control for a long time. Um, and maybe there's ways to support your body. Like you're saying, like you have clients, like let's make sure the supplements you're supplementing these nutrients that you could be deficient in because of basically how your body reacts um, and responds to birth control. And then just acknowledging that like coming off of that is going to take some care and time as well. So like that's super important, I think, to hone in on. And you touched on a lot of good supplements for liver. Um, And this is so on top of my mind right now because I haven't been on hormonal birth control for five years, going on six years. But my natural hormone cycle is pretty intense um, when it comes to PMS. I definitely have always struggled with it, but um, I just feel like I'm more in tune with my body now than ever. And sometimes I feel like I feel things pretty powerfully because I'm, I'm just really like aware of how it affects me and how kind of strong it can be. So I, uh, we were talking about this prior, but I went to an herbalist and, and kind of mentioned my symptoms. I said, like, there's a week in my life where it just feels like my equilibrium is off. I feel incredibly illogical and emotional and not myself. And she suggested taking something for my liver and explained, and I want you to touch on this, but I just had no idea the, the role the liver plays in detoxification and um, would love for you to just dive in there. Yeah. in your hormones, like a lot of people think of liver detox and they think of like weight loss, which is like, it's, that is a thing, but I think of it in relation to our hormones because your liver has to filter all of your hormones. So if you're taking hormonal birth control, it has to filter all those excess hormones in the body. And then when you're coming off, it's the same thing. It's like, number one, like your hormones are starting to like happen again. Right. And then you also are still getting rid of all these other excess hormones. And then if you think about like your case, so for you, like the week before your period, you're getting lots of PMS, lots of different symptoms that it has to do with you during that time in your cycle, you have like a really big rise in your hormones and it's good. Like your body should be doing that. Right. So it's a good thing, but your liver has to filter those. So I would think like maybe you just have your liver just needs a little bit of support you know, and not even every month, like maybe you just need to like support it, like do it more like intense liver detox type thing and make sure your digestion is like really in check. And then that could help you more like long-term. And yeah, that's like the biggest thing. And like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times like people are really healthy, but we still have stress. Right. And sometimes we like, will drink sometimes. And I think a lot of people don't talk about this enough. And I think that's how we first connected in the first place was that Sober Curious book. Um, And so like that, even if you're really healthy, if you have like strong PMS symptoms, like it's normal, it's okay to be more tired before your period. It's okay to have cravings. But if you feel like, like lots of breast pain or like migraines and stuff like that, like that's, that's like your body telling you like, Hey, there's an imbalance, pay attention to me. And it's a good thing. So like, just try to pay attention to it, but just look at those other areas. Like, are you getting enough sleep? 
eat more cruciferous veggies during that time. That will help a lot with your liver. Drink plenty of water, dandelion root tea if you're bloated. Like there's things you can do, but also like really look at what your day-to-day looks like. Totally. Oh my gosh. And that kind of, I had a question for you about seed cycling. I know you know a little about that. I had a book on Ayurveda and was reading that there are certain seeds that support different phases of your cycle. So I guess we should mention the four cycles, um, phases of a woman's cycle. And then, yeah, I'm just so curious to know a little more about seed cycling. Yeah. So, and like, if you think about your cycle, most of the time people only like refer to it in two phases, but there's four different major like hormonal shifts that happen. So I like to think of it as like four. So the first phase is menstruation and that's like when you get your period. So menstruation, it's basically just like the whole time you have your period, that's phase one, your hormones are really low. Um, because that's how you can like, they drop. So then your body can release that uterine lining. And then, um, you go, you start to move into the follicular phase when you're building up that uterine lining again, and you're getting the eggs ready, like they're maturing, your estrogen is rising. And then you go to ovulation, which is the third phase. And that is when all your hormones like start to rise. They're not their highest, but they're getting close. Your testosterone is high. So usually you like want to have sex more often, usually have more energy because your testosterone is higher and like progesterone increases with ovulation. And then you finally get to that high hormone phase right before your period, that luteal phase. And that's when everything is higher. Your body is less resilient to stress. You need to like sleep more. You might have some cravings. Um, All that stuff is normal. I usually have women like not go too crazy with the exercise. Like you could still work out, but like just be mindful if you feel like crap, like it's because your hormones are really high and it's normal. Um, but you can actually use seeds to support the two main phases. So you're, it's not like you're switching them four times a month. So okay. it's not, it's not difficult. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's that's yeah. But you just think of it as the first half and the second half. So for the first half, you want to support like estrogen, but also like not having too much estrogen. So you use flax seeds and uh, pumpkin seeds, and then you do one tablespoon of each seed freshly ground up per day for the first 14 days. And then the second 14 days, you're supporting things like progesterone and then your liver getting excess hormones out. And that is using sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. Um, But you do want to grind them up. That's probably the most common question I get. Is there like, do I have to grind the seeds or I'll have a client send me a picture and I'm like, why aren't the seeds grown? And it's because you need to get the nutrients from them. So think about like pumpkin seeds, like you will just poop that out, right? You need to grind them so you can open that outer layer. And then you're basically looking to get certain like vitamins and minerals from the seeds. And then that is what is supporting the hormones at specific times in your cycle. Yeah. So those specific seeds um, have have hormone supporting benefits for both main phases, I guess, if you look. That's so interesting. Like, and like so easy. I mean, I have a coffee grinder. I'm sure that would work. That's what most people use. Yeah, they use a coffee grinder. I do them in a blender just because I do like a lot at once and you can freeze them. So like a lot of people seed cycling are like, that sounds high maintenance. I'm not like freshly grinding my seeds every morning. I'm like, that's insane. No one's asking you to do that. You can grind them ahead of time. And then I just put them in mason jars and stick them in the freezer and they'll be good in there for like one to two months. Meal prep your seeds. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's super easy. And like, why not? If it has like these natural benefits, I, I mean, just for me, for me, I'm I've reached a point where I'm like, I need to do more things to support my body because it's like you're saying, it's like communicating to me like 
I shouldn't have sore boobs for a week where I can't lay down on my stomach. And I've heard that that's like kind of like trapped. I don't know if you know more about that, but it's like trapped estrogen. Like it's sort of like, doesn't know where to go in the body. And it's not great. It doesn't feel great. I know it's not great for me. Um, but I think that people would agree and like women would agree. Like we have a lot of to, to think about, like our bodies aren't always the same. Every day waking up isn't the same and that's okay. And it's this beautiful thing that we're able to have the cycle. Um, but there's ways to support your body and help you feel good. And, um, the other thing I think is so funny and, and I'm on natural cycles, birth control. So I am tracking my cycle and I'm aware of like when I'm fertile, when I'm not. And people are always asking me like, yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea. I thought you could always get pregnant every single day. And that's like sort of what birth control wants you to think. Like those companies are like, yep, take this pill every day. And um, I I do did know that like sperm can live for like five days. And that's why it's important the five days before you ovulate because it could still be there like waiting for the egg, mm-hmm. which obviously if you're not trying to get pregnant, you don't want it to happen or flip side. And then also like how you have the highest energy and sex drive when you're fertile. And like, of course, right? Like yep. that makes sense because your body doesn't know that you're not trying to get pregnant. It's kind of prepared to do that. So that's when it's like, okay, like here's the optimal energy and like, you know, interest in having sex, like just, and then the other thing you said, which I definitely want to harp on is like the, the just allowing your body to need and take rest um, the week before your period, if you're feeling it, I think just with like, health and wellness industry and like the fitness industry, it's hard to be like, Oh, no rest days, you know, don't take a day off. You're tired, push through it. And sometimes, yeah, maybe like it is good to have fitness in your life to boost your mood. And like, there's so many good benefits for it, except when your body is clearly communicating, Hey, we just, I I need some downtime. Like I need to make sure I don't get too stressed out and how exercise can worsen that. I think that's so important for women to hear. I definitely never follow that. And I'm getting way better at that. Like, yeah, no, I I'm giving myself a week to just like take a bath and like chill. And like, that is okay. It doesn't mean I'm lazy. It doesn't mean I'm not committed to health and fitness and wellness, whatever. I love all, you just touched on so many amazing points that I wanted to reiterate. And I, and just like to let people know, I think it can be confusing of like, how do I know when I should rest or like when these things are happening? It's like, if this is why I recommend tracking your cycle for so many reasons, you should track your cycle. But when you know, like what space you're in, then you know, like, oh man, that I'm so tired because, oh, I'm getting my period in like four days. So it's like, okay, like maybe I'll sleep in a little bit today. And so, and then you, and then you remove the guilt of questioning yourself, which I think all women do every single day, all day of like, oh my God, should I go to the gym today? What happens if I don't go to the gym? Does it change my food? Does it change my clothes? Like so many different things go through our minds. It's insane. And it's more decisions that you have to make. So if you can understand where you are in your cycle and know, like for me, like I'm on day 12 of my cycle. And I only know because it's like, I, I've been usually get it towards the beginning of the month. So it's easy for me to keep track, which I'm very grateful for. So it's like, basically whatever day of the month is, that's a day of my cycle I'm on. And it's like, I'm getting, you know, somewhat close to my ovulation. I ovulate a little bit later, usually day 16 or 17. Um, so, you know, in like a few days, I'm, my energy is going to be like at its peak. So even though I was like sick a little bit this past week, I still went to the gym. I just didn't kill myself, but I was like, I, my body can handle it right now. Cause I'm there. But if it was like a week before my period, I wouldn't have been doing that. 
And that knowing that empowers you so that again, like you can work with your body instead of against it, which I think most women end up doing the majority of their lives is they're just like running into a wall and they're like, why is this not working? And it's like, cause you just aren't listening. Totally. How would you recommend people track their cycle? I like using an app because I think it's more realistic. I think we're always on our phones. Um, so I like the flow app because yeah. it has like lots of different, it tells you what day you're on. It has lots of different like side effects you can track. You can track your temperature if you're taking it. Um, if you want to like track your fertility and stuff, that's like my favorite one. There are so many, but I just like, just pick one and go with it. Don't stress about it. What, the information that you need to know is like, how long your cycles typically are, how long your period is, if they're regular, are you ovulating, all that kind of stuff, your PMS symptoms. Like, and you can pretty much do that in any app. Yeah, that's really good. I, I have used the Flow app. I think there's one called Clue that's like out of, it's like a German-based company. Um, yeah, and even I think it's just such a part of our lives as women that like, it's be, it's good to tune in and be like, okay, like, is this normal? Or like, well, how can I support my body's natural processes? And is my period regular? And just kind of knowing and giving yourself that grace when it might be coming up and you might be feeling emotional and just being like, well, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And this is where I am. And like, just take, like you said, take the guilt away. I think that's huge. Reducing toxins. Um, you met, you touched on this a lot and you mentioned stress as it being a huge one. So, and I also, after that kind of want to touch on like how alcohol comes into play. Cause I think of livers and alcohol, like very close together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And you mentioned you're kind of switching from toxic products. So, like, how does that look for in your life? Like what, what changes have you made to reduce toxic load? So it first like started, um, with like my skincare and stuff. Cause I struggle with acne for my whole life. Even when I was on the pill did not help my skin. <laughs> um, and then I got off and my skin was out of control, but I basically always use like prescription creams. I took antibiotics for three years. Like I can't even think about it now that I did that. So I basically did all the things to try to fix my skin. Didn't work when I was making that transition off birth control. And I was starting to notice all these toxic things in my life. The first thing I did was my skincare because I was like, wow, prescription creams, like great. You know, and I, and I really wanted to see if I could heal my skin because I was learning about all this stuff in school. I was also like getting really big into paleo. Um, I did CrossFit for like nine years. So that's how I found paleo. And that whole world just like changed everything for me. So I started making my own like oil cleansing blends. There was no good products back then. Like they're just, you know, like they they just didn't have them. So this was like nine years ago. So like they didn't really have many, um, or they were crazy expensive and I was in college, so I couldn't afford them. Um, or at least that was my mindset back then. And so I started with my skin and then I slowly like started looking at like my cleaning products because I had asthma and I would notice like I would get wheezy every time I cleaned and I just didn't think anything of it. And so then that was like the next big area. And then, you know, even now it's like, I'm still working on stuff. Like traveling is really hard to do while being like non-toxic. So like reducing plastic in every area has been huge for me. It's something I've done a lot more the last like two years, just like getting silicone bags instead of like using plastic wrap, like the unbleached parchment paper over like plastic and um, like your foil, your typical foil and stuff like that. So lots of different changes, um, more just like thinking about what comes into contact with your skin because you absorb a lot of that. 
And those are probably like the biggest areas where I say, people are like, where do I go first, right? To switch stuff. And I'm like, what are you using the most? Because toxic load is cumulative. So if you replace one product, you're reducing your toxic load long-term by just replacing that one product. It's like drops in a bucket. So if all your products are putting all these drops in the bucket and then you're switching them out and you're, then you're filling it up less and less. And then you're also doing things to support it, you know, like eating good food, sweating, moving, you know, supporting your liver, it's draining that bucket. So just trying to keep that in mind, because I think it can be really overwhelming and then people don't want to do it. And they think like everything is all or nothing for most people. Right. So it's like making those little changes really helps. Yeah. Oh God. It's, it's definitely easier now than before, I think, but it's also so important to, I think like just really do the research and really make sure that something you're putting in your body one, like, yeah, is it causing any of side effects? Like, are you feeling good or what can you read all the ingredients on the back? And like, are you, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of user education for, products because the way they're marketed, especially now it's like, Oh, well it's, you know, phthalate free, but it has red number six or whatever. I know. <laughs> or fragrance, fragrance, fragrance. and everything. I, like if, if people can just start looking at, I, when I first started, I was so overwhelmed and I'm a very like organized, like type A kind of person. And so I made a list of all my products and I was like, and cause I was on a budget, right? So I was like, I got to figure this out. So I made a list of all my products and I still have clients do this to this day, unless people just want to overhaul everything then you make a list and you look at what you need to switch over. And because I was like, I did not, I was not willing to sacrifice like something actually working, you know, for like a non-toxic option. I'm definitely different in that aspect than a lot of practitioners. So I would try to find like the best thing. So it requires some research. So it's like, I try to get people to do like one thing a month. And then after a month, that's, or after a year, that's 12 products or whatever that you've switched over. That's a lot. And it can take you a few years and that's okay. It's like what, nine years later. And I'm still like, I just got, um, plain products, shampoo and conditioner. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, but do you like it? I like it. And I've been so picky about my shit. Cause I like, oh, I never wash my hair. Like I wash it like maybe twice a week. So it's like, I need a good shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this one, um, it comes in stainless steel containers. Wow. And you just like, and you can return them. So it's like, it's more sustainable. It's like less plastic, right? I'm just like trying to get rid of all the plastic. Um, and the shampoo actually works really well. That's so good. Uh, shampoo is definitely for me. I've kind of been on a similar journey with trying to slowly replace things with more simple, cleaner ingredients. But um, shampoo is a hard one because I've, I've tried some pretty funky shampoo. And I'm like, this isn't really ugh. like, that's like the one I'm like, Oh God, I just want it to work the same way. I'm using Dr. Bronner's, um, Castile soap, which is probably not the best for your hair. Like really? Cause it's super drying, but they also sell like a really luscious cream rinse. So it kind of balances it out. And my hair is not the best, but like it works for me. It just makes me feel good to know I'm not adding anything else, you know, anything else in that area. Yeah. Dr. Bronner's products are great and they're really affordable. Like I, I get their soaps. Like they have like a bar soap that I really like. I use liquid Castile soap for like everything, like for my hand soaks it like foams, you know, like it's so, there are so many simple switches that you can make. It's just a matter of like, 
doing all the research, but there's so much information out there now. And then if someone like really is like, okay, I want to start doing this, but I don't just want to like go read a bunch of blogs. You could get the healthy living app from EWG. It's not perfect. You know, like they are like a, like they say they're like a not-for-profit company, but there are some companies on there that have good scores that I'm like, I don't understand how that's a good score. But for the most part, they're really helpful um, and they don't like sell anything on the app. So I, I think it can be a great resource for people. Yeah. And that's the one that you scan the product and it gives it a rating on cleanness and environmental. Yeah. It like basically like, or you can, a lot of, not everything scans. Like you, sometimes I like to end up typing everything in, but you can search for stuff on there and then it get, they, they all get a score and they have colors with the scoring, which is nice. Cause you're kind of like four is it like this is not like a bad score because it's like out of 10, you know, like I try to make everything three or less that I use on a daily basis. Um, and so they'll get different scores and then you can click on them and see all the ingredients. So if you're someone that's like, what on earth am I supposed to be avoiding? You know, like if you want to know the ingredients, if you're not buying a product that's been recommended and you want to try it, then you could easily go on there and it scores all the ingredients and they'll be marked like red, green, or yellow. They have like number scores too. And it even says like why, like what the risk is and stuff. So it's a really helpful, really helpful tool. Yeah. And and coming full circle, this is important because these toxins will get, will, will make our liver have to work extra, right? It's like, we're already having to process the food we're eating and the hormones we're naturally producing and dealing with environmental toxins. So if you can also sort of start to limit what you're putting on your body and products and like chemicals that will help you like take one load off your liver essentially. Is that, would you say? It does. It reduces the toxic load. And then you also have to remember that a lot of these products have xenoestrogens. So they, they mimic estrogen in the body. So they can actually make you estrogen dominant, which just means that your estrogen is higher than your progesterone. And I have like, I've had three clients that were hairdressers or owned salons. And I cannot even tell you what their hormones. It was like, like I knew their estrogen was going to be high. But then when I saw their Dutch test, which is a hormone test I use, I was literally like, I've never seen an estrogen that high, you know, it, it's really wow. crazy. Cause you know it, but when you see it all the time, like it really reinforces it for you. And I get some people that are like, but does it really matter? And I'm like, it does, you know, and, and it's cool. Like you, it could be a really positive thing. Like you have a lot more power and control in your life than you think. So if you just kind of embrace it and like use it as something that again, it's like, you can do it for your body. You can take care of yourself. It can be part of like your self-care, then it, it can be a really positive thing. Wow. That's pretty, yeah, that's crazy. And so what's this hormone test you're mentioning? It's a Dutch test. So it's a dried urine, um, hormone, like complete comprehensive hormone test. And there's different ways to test your hormones. You can get it like a blood work from your doctor. I used to do saliva. Um, but it just doesn't give you as much information. The Dutch test shows you not just like the hormone levels. So you get like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, but you also get to see their metabolites. And that's important because your hormones go down different pathways and they like some of them can be stronger than others. And that can like cause different reactions in the body. And some are more associated with different types of cancer or like really health benefiting like symptoms and stuff like that. So it gives you a lot of information also looks at your cortisol, which is something that I always want to address with women because that impacts our hormones a lot. And yeah, it's really cool. It's a very, very eye opening test. Yeah. What's your take on um, tofu and soy milk? 
I don't love soy. Um, I mean, it's super processed. And I think like if, and I, I have some clients that are like, they're not, they're not like vegan, but they're more plant-based, which I consider myself plant-based because I eat an insane amount of vegetables. It's like, it's like ridiculous. I'm like, I need to chill out. So, but soy, it's like fermented tofu is the best you're going to get because it's somewhat broken down. Right. And you always have to get organic because it's like, so you're going to have like the GMO. I mean, it's so processed. And at this point, like, what is our soy even like, you know, with the amount of manufacturing, it just makes me wonder. And if you have negative side effects, like you have to pay attention to that depending on like someone's history too, with like breast cancer and stuff like that. Like I have a big family history of that. That's why like, I really started limiting alcohol and looking at my products and everything. Um, but looking at your history, seeing how it makes you feel. I have a client that is Indian and she's like respecting the death of a loved one right now. And so for 16 days, she's not eating any meat. And so that was like an adjustment. And I was like, maybe try the fermented tofu and just see, you know, like how your body reacts. So I'm not like totally against it, but definitely not like a staple (laughs) that you should have in your diet. Yeah. I've heard like it kind of mimics estrogen and I don't need any extra personally. I know, I know. I don't need any extra. I got enough going around. So yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I definitely was curious. Um, what is your favorite way to support your body and your cycle? Oh, I mean, for me, I don't know it's not my favorite, but it's my most essential. And that is to work in like downtime or like nothingness time into my schedule because I am a very like motivated person. I'm an Aries. I am like your stereotypical Aries as well. And so I just like go, go, go. And I'm so passionate about what I do and I love to work out. So like I have to work out every day. It doesn't have to be intense, but I am moving every day. And so for me, it's like, when I finally slow down and I, I have to put it in my calendar. That's what I did this morning before this call. I was like, I'm not going to my laptop, you know, not till, not till I do the podcast. Like, and it's hard, but it's the most rewarding and it's the best for my hormones because right now I'm at the point where I'm going to get a big burst of energy, right? I'm approaching ovulation. But if you burn yourself out, at that time, like it's just going to make my PMS worse, my period worse. So really trying to work in that downtime for me is huge. Um, that's probably like the biggest thing. Just supporting where you are and just like being gentle on your body and being good to it. And there's sometimes I think it's overwhelming and there's like so much you should do this and do that, but nothing else like track your cycle, just see where you are, see, you know, how your body reacts to it. And Um, How can people like find you if they are curious of how they can like dig deeper and really um, help balance their hormones? So I, I have so many blogs on my website and I keep adding them all the time. I get lots of questions. So if you go to yournontoxiclife.com, you can see everything in there, lots of free guides. Um, I also have a free Facebook group, which is where I get most of the inspiration to write my blogs from all the questions from everyone. It's called Detox in Your Hormones. Um, so if you search that on Facebook, you know, I'll pop up um, and it has like a little green header and a picture of me. Uh, and then Instagram, I share a lot of what I think is cool stuff on Instagram. <laughs> it's at Amanda Montalvo RD. 
Awesome. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so grateful that you exist in this world because just being able to have these open conversations and talk about what's natural, what's normal, what maybe is a sign that you're out of balance is so important. And we all just need to pay a little more attention. I think just from growing up, I just feel like it wasn't something that was discussed. It was like, here's the pill, just shut up and don't get pregnant. But now it's like, how can I make myself feel good? And I'm having these crazy mood swings, like how there are ways to support my body and it's telling me something and like, just need to tune in. So I'm so grateful that you could share (laughs) that. I mean, the only question we didn't cover was like, how to have an awesome period, which I feel like is mostly all that we talked about, but is there any, anything else you want to share before we end? I just want to share a few resources for people if they like want to geek out about this stuff. So, <laughs> so if you want to learn more about the pill and the history of the pill and everything, read Sweetening the Pill. It is a very short book. It's a really fast read and there's a documentary coming out soon about it. Um, and then the other one is the Period Repair Manual by Dr. Lara Bryden. It's a really, really helpful book. It is, it's like a beefy one. It's more of like you like look in the syllabus look up where you need to be going and then you read different sections. Um, but then beyond the pill, that's the last one. That's by Dr. Jolene Wright and she's amazing. So if you're like, what do I do to get off the pill? Um, or you want to learn more about it, a female body, definitely read that book. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really excited to check out your blog and your Facebook group and all of those things. Um, yeah, just, just so grateful that you found yourself on this journey and now are so knowledgeable and passionate and able to share and like help help other girls out like it's just so so crucial um and it's so nice chatting with you I feel like I learned so much and I just it it definitely reinforces the importance of like really taking care of your yourself as well as a woman which is yeah and I had so much fun talking about it you know they're great topics and it's super fun so yeah sweet well it's been a pleasure I had to cut myself off there at the end because I couldn't stop talking to Amanda. It was like opening up the floodgates and just being able to share this and realize I wasn't alone and that there are things I can do to support my body. And I really encourage you to check out her website, find her on Instagram. I'm going to link all this in the show notes, check out her blog post. Truly, you do not have to suffer from crazy hormonal mood swings and period pains and all of these things. And I'm telling you from experience, there's things you can do to balance your body. So with that, that's the end of the show. And thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time.